You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. I do. How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have. But without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult. You're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. Hi, welcome in. It is the Hump Day edition. Jay Barker Show live from ABX Audio Video Excellence. Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson. Trent may be in today as well. Richardson, look forward to spending time with him. Get his thoughts on the Alabama Crimson Tide as they head to Arkansas for another road game at 2.30 on CBS. So a lot to dive in today. And we've talked about some of the other SEC matchups uh, this week as well as some of the national implications of other games as well. So uh, a lot to get into. we got coming up at 12.15 as normal. Roger Hoover joins us. The uh, Roger Hoover, the CTSN Crimson Tide Sports Network. I actually saw him and Corey Reamer out at Baumhauer's in Vestavia on Monday with their uh, Crimson Tide uh, rewind and uh, all the things they have going on and everything that he does for the Crimson Tide. So always great to talk to Roger Hoover. Also, um, um, Brandon Marcello will join us at one We'll talk Auburn Tigers with him, get his take on all this Harson talk and uh, really how hot is the seat for Coach Harson right now. A lot of rumors swirling down in Auburn that this game means everything for him and his coaching staff. So we got uh, Matt Coulter, Lars Anderson back in studio. Before we get back to them, let's go and go ahead and let you know about who presenting sponsor is Top Golf. They were presented by them. And Top Golf, a great place to go. Family, friends, coworkers, you'll absolutely 
love it. And uh, it's got the food, the fun, the drinks, everything that you can imagine. Uh, great time there. A lot of parties, a lot of charity events, and everything that's going on uh, at Top Golf each and every day. You'll love it. Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there in Anderson, Oxford Anderson at Sunny King Ford. Matt Coulter, how are you this afternoon? Man, what a beautiful day. It's uh, awesome, and it is supposed to remain this way. I know we had a chance of rain perhaps on Saturday here in Alabama, but that seems to have subsided as Ian has gone east. So it looks like it's going to be a perfect weekend for all of the events that we've got going on here in Alabama with Auburn and LSU and then up in Fayetteville. You've got uh, Alabama taking on the Hogs. So, Jay, I was thinking about something. If I may just take a minute. This may be the Matt Coulter Perfect Sports Weekend in the history of my life. And as we all know, that's lengthy. You got Alabama taking on my home team. I was born in Fayetteville, Arkansas. My dad taught there. I'm still an Alabama guy. That's where I went to school. But that's a great game for me personally. It's Mm -hmm. Talladega weekend. That's awesome. And you know how much I love doing that. And the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets are tied for the division lead right now. And the Mets are coming into Atlanta this weekend. So uh, I don't know if you could tee it up any better for me, Jay. I'm, I'm a pretty hyped-up guy right now. It looks like the weather's going to stay nice. Hopefully we won't get any of the remnants of uh, Hurricane uh, uh, Ian. And, man, it's right now devastating uh, Florida. And um, I, yeah. I saw early this morning, for some reason, I was up around 4 a.m. and um, watching the uh, Weather Channel and watching some of the uh, storms coming through and just everything that's happening down there. Our thoughts and prayers are with all those folks. I've got family and friends that have places uh, down at Clearwater and Naples uh, and and, um, a lot of those uh, areas down there that are getting hit directly by this. And the storm surges we've already seen go through Key West. So uh, hopefully that stays away from here. I think it's looking that way as of right now. I don't know, Matt, if you've seen an extended forecast recently because this thing's changing about every hour as far as where they feel like uh, it's, it's uh, going to be heading after it makes landfall. But uh, a lot of uh, things happening down in, in South Florida as well as right in the middle yeah. of Florida. And, uh, man, we're just thinking about those folks who are going through that. I have, obviously, and I'm watching a live feed out of a Tampa TV station, the NBC affiliate down there, and it looks like the eye is about to go over Fort Myers or that general area. Yeah. And uh, it's it's pretty devastating looking right now. And I'm not trying to to shy away or, or talk about uh, something that's, you know, doesn't Nick Saban and um, Dabo, they, they've got huge mansions on the beach down there and an island right off the coast down there. Mm-hmm. So uh, I imagine there's some concern with Nick and Terry uh, and Dabo about what's going on there, but they do have more important things to do this weekend. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm sure they've uh, sent people to their to that area, or it's people down there that they know to help board them up and do everything they got to do. They're inland, so I think that's the good thing. A little bit, you know, more than maybe the, the ones of the coast that may get more of the surge, but still, just the winds, the fear of the tornadoes and the tornado watch is in effect. Uh, I saw earlier to about 5 p.m. today in all those areas. Uh, they t- you know talk about all the different things that can come out of uh, the hurricane storm. We've seen them on our Gulf Coast as well, many, many years, and uh, just devastation, what can happen. So hopefully it won't be nearly as, as strong as they think, but right now what they're predicting looks to be – I saw earlier Category 4. They said it might could get to a Category 5 before it hit uh, land, but um, hopefully that has not been the case. I have not seen the, 
the latest updates. Um, and as far as this weekend, NASCAR, real quick, your schedule, like what what, do you, what all do you have coming up this weekend for you personally? And I know a lot of folks that are listening in uh, that have watched NASCAR for years have listened, know that you have been a part of this for many, many years, um, you know, even featured in the movie Ricky Bobby we've talked about and being an announcer there. And they're like, man, we, you know, let show show our guy how to do it. You did it. And they went, you're our guy. And uh, I thought that was awesome. And um, <laughs> talk about just your responsibilities this weekend, because you have a lot going on uh, going into uh, this weekend and, and with Talladega and just all that that encompasses when it comes to being a broadcaster. Well, it's been a whole lot of fun and a great ride. I, I covered my first uh, event there in 82 when I was still with Channel 13. And then in 91, I joined the staff there as one of the PA announcers. And uh, it was really cool. When I first went up there, the other guys that were doing the PA were Eli Gold and Jim Fife. Yeah. And, man, we let me tell you, we had a blast. But that's one of the things I do during the races. I'm up top when MRN takes a break. I take over along with an outstanding NASCAR broadcaster, Steve West, who you may remember from our days back at Cumulus, but a great guy, and, and we kind of do play-by-play of the race, and then I do pre-race uh, driver introductions and, and victory lane with a trophy presentation. Um, I got a microphone, and they just run me all around that track, and I would rather be no place else on earth than Talladega <laughs> for the next uh, – uh, I'll go over tomorrow night, actually, and uh, start at 8 o'clock Friday morning, and uh, I'll get through about 6 o'clock Sunday afternoon. It's wow. great stuff. I love doing it. I'm so, I am so blessed, Jay, and you know that. Yeah, and I called it Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights. <laughs> I'm thinking of the, uh, the, the Ricky Bobby. Uh, That's shake okay. Bake. That, shake know it by all. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. All right, we got uh, Roger Hoover's going to be coming up here shortly, and then uh, also Lars will be back in studio. He had to go down to T Town today to handle some professor business, but uh, making his way back to Birmingham. So he'll be back in studio. Like I said, Trent should be with us, but Roger's going to join us from the Crimson Tide Sports Network. Always great to hear his thoughts on Alabama, and uh, we'll get his take from last weekend as well as looking ahead to Arkansas and just all things Crimson Tide, even outside of Alabama football as he's great at what he does. Has some great interviews throughout the week that you can get and uh, have a part, uh, being able to watch those uh, on uh, the uh, streaming services they've got there for CTSN as well as the things that he does outside of that. So Roger Hoover joining us next here on the Jay Barker Show. We're live from ABX. Audio video excellence continues here on this Wednesday edition. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. What QC Kinetics is doing for people here is nothing short of amazing. I'm talking real lasting relief from joint pain. Hey, it's Gary Harris. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in exciting new pain treatment. We stay dry tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 76. The high Friday at 79 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
Welcome back in. Just get right to Roger Hoover from CTSN, and always great to have him on on Wednesdays with us, and uh, always uh, got so much great information for us, as well as for all the fans out there. If you're listening to Roger throughout the week, he does a number of shows. We'll get more details on that for you and how you can hear him each and every week, but he's right here with us every Wednesday at 1215. Roger, welcome in. Great to see you Wednesday night. I mean, Monday night. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see you, Jay. Uh, after Crimson Tide Rewind and Baumhauer's then uh, that's Davia Hills. Corey Reamer and I always have a fun time with that show. Uh, mostly looking back at the last game, but when we look back at the Vanderbilt game, we got to talk about a lot of good moments for the Crimson Tide and the fourth one of the year and the first one in the SEC. Yeah, I tell you, I thought it was a complete game. Alabama's played so far really looked like the Alabama that maybe uh, not only the, the fans expected this year, but the kind of play that Coach Saban wanted to see in this team. Yeah, especially from the defense. I mean, they put the clamps on what had been a pretty good offense for Vanderbilt, A.J. Swan, and throwing four touchdown passes the week before being named the SEC uh, Freshman of the Week. And then uh, Will Shepard had led the nation with seven touchdown catches to begin the year. But uh, he was largely ineffective. Uh, that offense couldn't get much going against Alabama's defense, and it was so fun to see Will Anderson Jr. lead the charge for the Crimson Tide. Two and a half sacks in the ball game, Kind of played up to his standard, and I think everybody else in the defense stood up along with him. Roger, what are some of your keys to success for Alabama on Saturday as they travel to Fayetteville to take on a Arkansas team that uh, is reeling a little bit from uh, losing to Texas A&M, but uh, certainly a team that uh, should have should get all of Alabama's attention. Yeah, they certainly should because this is a really good football team, Lars. And I think the biggest thing for the Crimson Tide, uh, play discipline football. Uh, we know the last time Alabama was on the road, the 15 penalties against Texas really put the Crimson Tide behind the eight ball. And even though that was a win, it led to a lot of frustration uh, on both sides of the football with all the penalties that were made. So I think just playing crisp football and just having poise at all times, even if Arkansas is able to grab an early lead, uh, I think just having that mindset that, uh, you know, you're going on the road, hostile environment, environment uh, some breaks are going to go against you at times but once those breaks go against you don't let up put on more steam I think that's going to be really key for this football team coming up on Saturday and then another key I think is just finding a way to run the football effectively and really train that clock when you need to because there's going to be a point in this season where Alabama's going to need a long six seven eight minute drive to really put a team away in the second half and it could be this game against Arkansas just with the way you know the Razorbacks like to run the football work the clock as well in their end I think Alabama is going to be in a position where they're going to maybe be up by a touchdown or 10 points and just really need to use the ground game in a big way. And I think we're seeing a lot of running backs emerge for the Crimson side, whether it's Jameer Gibbs or Jason Clellan, Roy Dale Williams, and then Jamarian Miller at the end of games has been running as well as anybody for the Crimson side. So I think it's a really a position of strength for Alabama going into this game, but they got to get it done on the field running the football consistently. Roger Hoover from Crimson Tide Sports Network is our guest here on the Jay Barker Show and Network. We keep hearing things about JoJo Earl and Tyler Harrell, and that's something that Alabama's offense has been missing to have that deep threat. Do you expect them to play and fail? I'm not sure. I know Alabama released some photos of JoJo Earl practicing uh, earlier in the week, and it certainly would be good if he could get back. I think everybody was kind of looking at maybe the Texas A&M game or the Tennessee game for his return once we heard about his initial injury uh, earlier this season. But if he's able to work a little bit more, uh, that would certainly be good. I expect Coach Saban will have an update on him as well as Tyler Harrell coming up 
possibly tonight. So uh, I think we're getting close to seeing them back. I know both of them dressed and were able to go through some pregame warm-ups, and that's always kind of a prerequisite to coming back. Uh, once you're coming off an injury, you got to dress, got to make sure you can go through everything during a pregame warm-up just fine, and then maybe it's a week later you come back. I know that was the issue. Or that was the same with Cam Watsu earlier in the season when he dressed, went through warm-ups against Utah State, but didn't play until the Texas game. So hopefully we're really close to having those guys back. But i got to say as well, I thought the wide receivers stepped up and had great performances this past Saturday, especially Ja'Cory Brooks. I mean, being targeted four times, making four catches on that one drive, and ultimately had two touchdown catches in the game. He looked really good. Treshawn Holden continues to play at a high level, and you also saw Bryce Young get back on the same page with Jermaine Burton in the last game, which I think is going to be really important moving forward. Roger Hoover with CTSN joining us as he does each Wednesday at 1215. Uh, any guys talked about Drew Sanders and playing against him and what that's going to be like? I know that Drew and Will Anderson Jr. were really close. Yeah, they definitely were close. Uh, Will talked about that when he met with the media earlier this week. And, uh, you know, everybody really respects him and the job that he's doing in Arkansas. You know, Coach Saban mentioned that as well in his uh, Monday press conference that everyone's happy that he's having success and uh, we know what kind of player he can be. We got to see that before last year. Unfortunately, his season was cut short due to injury and then he goes in the transfer portal and he joins an Arkansas team where he's had a really immediate impact. Uh, he and Bumper Pool are as good of linebackers as you'll find in the SEC. So I think all of his teammates are happy for the success he's had uh, so far this season, but they're looking forward as well to competing against him coming up this Saturday. Roger, what does Alabama have to do to get the run game going? I, I think uh, if there's been one issue that has sort of carried on from uh, the opening game through the first four, it has been the inability to run the ball consistently. Uh, do, do you see that being a focus this week against Arkansas? I think it possibly will be. Coach Saban has talked about the balance on offense, saying we're basically taking what the defense gives us. I think this is an Arkansas defense that uh, will play pretty well against the pass, but they are specifically designed to stop the run. So it may be a game where Alabama still is throwing it down the field a lot, but uh, like I talked about earlier, I think there are going to be those moments where you have to run the football. You have to work the clock in this game. So I think it starts in the offensive line. We know that group is starting to round into shape the more they play together as the season goes along, because you can do a lot of things in practice but it's really until you're out there against opponents that you can really make big steps forward on the offensive line and now we've had a full month for Alabama to do that playing these past four games so I think it starts with the line and then uh, it just depends on who's kind of got the hot feet I would say hot hands but more so the hot feet for the Crimson Tide uh, at running back uh, late in a ball game it could be a variety of the players I mentioned earlier, uh, starting with uh, Jameer Gibbs, uh, Roy Dell Williams, Jason McClellan, and possibly Jamerian Miller uh, works his way into that rotation as well. But it, it could be one guy uh, kind of leading the load all on his own. So we're still trying to figure that out. And I think this is the week, Lars, that we'll probably get a pretty good answer on that. I may or may not jinx Bryce Young. I do think that's impossible. <laughs> but last year he shredded Arkansas. 31 of 40, 559 yards, and five touchdowns. The Arkansas secondary hasn't gotten much better. Uh, I guess I'm leading to this uh, here, Roger. I think he may just have a career day. 
I could certainly see that too. And there were so many great plays that he made against Arkansas. You mentioned those five touchdown passes. Uh, the one real Heisman play of the year for me outside of the drive against Auburn that he had last year, uh, it was in the red zone. He had a ridiculous scramble where he got in and out of pressure so many times and then dumped it out on the right sideline to Christian Leary for a quick score. But it was the way he was able to scramble. He probably ran 30 yards trying to find a spot to throw the football uh, for that touchdown. Uh, Bryce is special, and I think uh, he continues to be on a better page with his wide receivers, and who knows, if you do get some of those weapons back, like JoJo Earl, like Tyler Harrell, without any film for Arkansas to study against them, uh, look out, it could be a really special performance, like you mentioned. Roger, talk about just some of the young players that you've been really impressed with. We've had a chance to see a lot of them play. Uh, one guy for me is Jam- Jamarian Miller, the running back. I've been very impressed with the way he runs the ball. And looks like he's going to be could be potentially a really good running back for the Crimson Tide. But what guys have stood out to you? Yeah, Miller, I think, leads the list for me, uh, the way he's been able to run the football effectively. And, you know, he last week against Vanderbilt, was basically Alabama's trying to run out the clock near the end of the game, and he breaks a 40-yard touchdown run to put the exclamation point on that victory. So uh, I loved his running style. And I still like what we're seeing from uh, young wide receivers. I still like Kobe Prentice a lot. I think he's a very reliable option for Bryce. And uh, those two have been able to connect for a lot of big moments already this season. So I would go with Kobe Prentice. I I think he's another guy that as the season goes along, even with uh, more additions to that wide receiving core, I I think he's always going to have a role in this offense just because he has really good hands. He's really physical once he gets the football in his hands. And I think Alabama is in really good shape having him as part of this wide receiving unit. Uh, uh, Roger, what did you make of uh, Coach Saban's uh, remark the other day when uh, said saying that he has a passion for, quote, hateful competitors, uh, unquote? Uh, was he referring to Will Anderson? Well, Will uh, said yesterday, you know, he, he is a hateful competitor. He's saying, you know, I hate the audacity of that team even thinking they could step on the field, or I hate the audacity of the fans showing up to watch us play, you know? <laughs> he hates that, you know? It reminds you of all the different quotes we saw from Michael Jordan during the last dance about how he just needed nothing or would make something else to get motivated. Uh, I think that's similar to what Will Anderson's talking about, and then Coach Saban as well. He can find motivation from anything, so I love the fact he said that, and I want Alabama to play with that mindset each and every time they take the field. I want any team uh, I'm around to play with that. I hope that translates to a lot of other sports as well, uh, because if you have that kind of mindset, uh, you're the type of winner I think everybody wants to root for, so I love that that was beautifully put. Hateful competitors. Matt, are you a hateful competitor? All depends on what the competition is. <laughs> I think you are. Uh, we'll have to get into that during the break. Uh, Roger, we know, I mean, it's an absolute given that K.J. Jefferson is going to cause Alabama problems defensively. That's just going to happen. Does Alabama ever, in your mind, does it ever shift to do, to do something gimmicky like a shadow or something if somebody is really going to gash them like that? You know, I'm not sure, to be honest with you. Uh, I think they are looking back to the tape uh, from last year and seeing all the different rushing yards that K.J. was able to pick up and looking at what he's able to do this year. And, you know, that's mostly rushing yards for him on broken pass plays. There are a few design runs that Arkansas will have for him, but he just finds a way to churn out yardage, and he's able to do it so quickly as well. He's got really great speed, and he's a physical guy. He's really hard to tackle. So I I imagine we're going to see more of some of that cheetah package we've heard talked about from the Crimson Tide with Will Anderson, Chris Braswell, and Dallas Turner all 
going towards the quarterback. Uh, I think you can see a lot more of that coming up this week and kind of making KJ beat you with his arm rather than his legs. But uh, I know that this group has worked extensively to find the options and find the answers to how to slow down KJ Jefferson because he, he was a problem for Alabama's defense last season, and they know it's going to be a tough challenge this Saturday. Roger, tell everybody how they can uh, find you, how they can listen to you each and every week. Yeah, busy week, of course, on the Crimson Tide Sports Network. We have our show, a live streaming show, Crimson Drive, on all CTSN social media outlets that's driven by NASCAR on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're even talking to NASCAR, uh, looking ahead to Talladega's race coming up mm-hmm. on Sunday as we have the uh, President Brian Crichton uh, from Talladega joining us for tomorrow's show. So we're looking forward to that. And then we'll have our radio coverage starting at 11.30 in the morning from uh, Fayetteville. Looking forward to the Crimson Tide and the Razorbacks from the Ozarks. Roger, as always, great stuff. Thank you, my man. Thank you all. See you next week. All right, Roger Hoover joining us from Crimson Tide Sports Network and uh, does a terrific job there for Alabama covering all sports, not just Alabama football, but uh, all the sports there and highlighting some of the big moments in uh, Alabama sports throughout the year. All right, we'll continue live from AVX. Audio, video, excellence continues on the other side. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Again, as we continue here on this Wednesday edition, Jay Barker Show, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, live from AVX, and I think Trent's going to be joining us today as well uh, in studio. Look forward to hearing from him, get his thoughts on Alabama's big win over Vandy, and as they travel to Arkansas, 2.30 on Saturday um, on CBS. Guys, going into the year. He's here. And it, oh, he's here. Good. All right. Awesome. What's up, Trent? How are you, my man? Man, Jay, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, 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 good. Beautiful day. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, first of all, um, kind of give me your thoughts where you see this team right now. And I brought, I brought this name up earlier and I brought it up all week. I've been very impressed with Jamarian Miller, number 26 for Alabama, late in the game, had the late touchdown. Um, he reminds me of a, like kind of a back like you, Mark, uh, even Jacobs a little bit in the way that certain, certain things that he does out of the backfield that I've seen him do, uh, whether it be in practice or scrimmages. But I'd love to get your take on him and the running back situation right now for Alabama. Just kind of what are you seeing out of the guys and what have you been pleased with? Man, you know what, man? Um, just looking at that game and looking at Jamar and game, like I feel like he's one of them guys, like, you know, he's a slipper guy and he's one of them guys that, you know, can, you know, read the hole pretty good and, and look for that cutback lane too. So when I think about Jamar, I think more about Mark and, and Damian Harris. Um, you know, how they was. And because, and, and, I mean, Mark could break down a whole defense, you know, just by looking at 
um, the pre-snap. He can break down the whole coverage and what they was going to be. Like, I've never seen nothing like Mark when it came to intelligence. And, you know, being in the um, – when I came back and, you know, just looking at, you know, being in the classroom with Coach Burns and, you know, teaching some of the guys, I've seen kind of Damian Harris that same way. But, you know, looking at his game, man, if they if they start running the ball, Jay, it's sky's the limit for this offense. Like, they got the running backs and they got the offensive line. They just got to believe in them. And so, I don't, you know, if they can do that, like, this this team can be one of the best teams out there. I mean, I mean they're one of the best teams out there, but – one of, one of the best teams that, you know, I want to say Alabama great. You know, they really can be that. And they can find their identity, you know, earlier than what we thought, you know, they could. Trent, what, um, what's been the number one issue plaguing the running game? I, you know, it, it's been tough, man, because it's, it's like, you know, first play of the game, it ain't a running play. You know, when you got a balanced offense, it's, it's dang near a, a running play, first player of the game, you know, no matter what offense that you're running. And when you look at it, it, the first two or three plays is a passing play. And, and there's nothing wrong with passing, you know, especially if that's your identity. But to have that pro-style offense, to, you know, to have that even kill and to have the backs that you do have, like you got to be able to plug everybody in. Like I don't think they're using all their talent. Um, and, and I don't know if it's the OC not believing in an offensive line or he's not believing in the backs. Wherever it is, man, like they they got to get on board. And I mean, now you in SEC football, so you got to put it out there. You come in because it's. I mean, Jay, and you know this. It's every week. It's every Saturday. You know, you lose a game or you get into a battle, and one one thing these kids got to realize, like everybody's playing their national championship against you. Can Arkansas stop Alabama's run? Texas Texas A and M rushed for almost two hundred yards. Yeah, I don't see it. And, and but. I mean, Alabama got to run the ball, and, and it can't just be with Bryce. You know, they they got to be able to run the ball, and if they can't establish that up front, I mean, because they got the guys. Like they, they, I mean, you look at those offensive linemen, man. It's some of the biggest guys I've ever seen. I mean, I know my offensive line is pretty big, man. They're but they all got, five stars. Yeah, every, yeah, everybody's a five star. I mean, so they got to. They, they, I don't know if the coach don't believe in a five star system. I don't know what it is, but they got <laughs> to be able to. You know, turn that onto the game film and put that on. You know, put that on film out there. You know, I don't know if it's the practice, whatever it is, man. Like, I mean, because I know when we was in school, man. I mean, those offensive linemen was in, in in great shape. You know, and and those guys and Jay, you know this, they would be staying at night. I mean, them guys wouldn't leave to about ten or eleven from the film room at night, and then go to study hall after that. And I'm like, man, how y'all doing all this? And and I mean, but. I don't know what the leadership is on our see we had a guy named Baird Jones. Baird is you know, everybody know Baird and Baird was all out. You know, he was an all American and you know, for three different positions, but he was an all American in the leadership room too. And and you know, everybody respected Baird, you know. And, and and one thing about it, you know, before him we had Mike Johnson, uh, and we still had William Vallejos there. I mean and DJ and Chance them, they came along, but those guys demanded that. That hey hey we're going to be the face you know of of this offense you know we're gonna we're gonna be down in the trenches so you know run behind me that what's it hey three get behind me and and I believed every time they you know would, would, before they even said that I, I already knew what was going on. Hey Trent, you were talking about Mark Ingram and his ability to read defenses. Did that come from from his dad and and, and just growing up around it and seeing things? Because I mean there were there were times I remember. Hearing coaches say, "Man, he's like a quarterback back there." That sometimes he's even kind of tipping off the quarterbacks to what he's seeing. 
And then, as you said, it really helped him as far as in the run game, kind of knowing where the alleys are going to be filled or where the front might go based on what he saw in the secondary as well as the, as the front scheme. Uh, talk about that, and or was it Coach Burns who really taught him all the things that he and he was just able to digest it so quickly? Man, you know, I don't know where it came from with Mark, but I know, like, you know, from you just saying that, and, and Jay, we done seen TJ watch film, you know, of himself and other people. But, like, you know, him seeing me doing that, and I think that might be, you know, something Mark picked up early and he learned early. And so, you know, for me, I learned – I mean, I didn't watch film until I got to college because we didn't have all that, you know, I mean, for high school. we, You know, in, in Florida, they didn't – you know, they just exchanged, you know, film. And, you know, the coaches watch film. And, I mean, we might have watched it maybe once a week. But other than that, I mean, like, we didn't watch film that much. So the first time I really watched film was in college. So I learned how to break down film. I learned how to, you know, read coverages. I learned how to study the off, you know, defensive line, study the linebackers. You know, linebackers tell lies. Safeties never lie. You know, I learned that concept. You know, when 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 one safety is shading over to the to to the right side, that mean they're coming to the you know coming with the blitz. You know, on the back side. You know, it's stuff like that that I you know always learned, and that kept me above you know water when it came to you know moving fast on the field, being focused. And so when you got stuff like that, like it, it's kind of hard for me to tell who taught Mark for real, but I know Burns beat it into our head because. One thing he would tell you, if you cannot block, you're not going to be able to run my ball. Trent, you've played um, at uh, Razorback Stadium. Mm-hmm. Is Are there any unique challenges that that, that stadium and that crowd and that atmosphere uh, presents? Uh, because it, it looked to me as if uh, Alabama was a little bit rattled when they went into Austin, Texas. And how much will that experience benefit Alabama now going into another hostile environment? But but start with, is there anything unique about uh, Razorback Stadium? I mean, it, to me, it was always like a little curved feel. You know, how they stadium was kind of built, <laughs> kind of curved. <laughs> but other than yeah. that, man, I mean, it's just like any other stadium in the SEC. Like, it's going to get loud. I mean, I mean, we, when we was playing, it was Ryan Mallett there. And so Ryan yeah. was, you know, he would get that stadium rocking and, and – I mean, they really believed, you know, that they was going to whoop us every year. And so for me, man, even my freshman year, you know, we played them in Alabama. Like, Arkansas has always kind of been one of, like, my biggest games in the SEC when I, you know, got a chance to play against them. And, you know, my sophomore year, we was down, I think, going into halftime. And Mark wasn't having a a good game, but he was having an okay game. And, you know, I kind of, you know, gave that team the spark and lit it back up, you know. And I, I don't know if I scored right before half, but I had a long run right before half. And, you know, we came out, man, that next half and just dominated everything. I mean, but, man, I can't remember the last time that, you know, Alabama done really, you know, lost to Arkansas. It's always going to be, a, you know, I, I feel Nick like. Nick Saban hadn't lost to him. Yeah, I was about to say, like, because I know when I was in school we didn't, and the year before that they didn't. Because I remember, I think Justin Woodall had maybe two or three interceptions, and he had, like, a, a pick return the year before I got there. I mean, but man, you just got to go out and, and dominate them from head to toe, man. I mean, because they got a big, they got a big quarterback, man, and he can move, and they got some great backs there too. I want to go down a rabbit hole about dogs, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to claim any of this because I've learned it from Christian Miller, mm-hmm. and he says every football team has some dogs. Oh yeah. And he gave me the perfect example, Reuben Foster. Mm-hmm. You, we all remember. I mean, mm-hmm. remember the hit he had on Fournette? That's a dog. Oh, yeah. But you act that way off the field too. I mean, you are you're kind of crazy. I think Ruben hit harder than any player uh, of the Saban era. Rag, Ragland could hit you now. 
Oh, now, yeah. now Trent could hit you going the other way. <laughs> yeah. uh, but who was the dog on the teams you played with? Uh-huh. And does Alabama have that this year? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they got Will. I mean, Will is definitely a dog, and, and Will is one of those guys that you know could have played with 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 the the '92 team, with the the 2009, the 2012 national championship teams. Like Will is one of those guys, um, but you, it's hard to find those guys these days because it's so everything's so such so spread it out. It's not no big hits. You can't you know hit with the helmet no more, or you know it, it, everything's uh, it's different. You know, and you don't really see you know no footballs played now to where it's like ooh that was a that was a huge hit like ooh like wow like he just stung him you know and, and you know he he might not get back up type hit but like when I was playing man we had so many guys man I mean Mark Barron went out and laid Vandy quarterback out and I thought he was done the one like, on the sideline <laughs> yeah, over there and I he thought just, he was yeah. done man and I was just like man like the whole stadium got quiet like when it happened and so you can hear it and so I mean we had Marcel Darius um, we had Dante Hightower, man. I, what was the hardest hit that you saw when you were at Alabama? Ooh. Not that you experienced, but that you saw. The hardest hit it had to be when when Mark hit that quarterback from Vandy. Like they I, showed that in the pregame man, of the it, Alabama Vandy game, and you're just thinking that guy's picking up feelings. Yeah, uh, I mean, because you look at it, find it, it looked like that Sean Taylor hit when he hit the punter in the Pro Bowl. I mean, the, oh, yeah, yeah. it was the punter or the kicker in the Pro Bowl that year when Sean Taylor hit the. Uh, yeah, I think it was the punter, and man, Sean Taylor laid him. He came from thirty yards back, and and, mm. that, and that looked exactly similar to that hit. Hey Trent, a lot's happening down in Florida right now, and um, Hurricane Ian coming through, and. Uh, category four. The last time I saw him, if it's gone up to a category five, they thought it might reach that level. But uh, t- talk about your experiences dealing with hurricanes growing up on uh, the Gulf Coast and experiencing that. For your, or if you have, or just kind of give us your thoughts of our thoughts and prayers with all the families and people there. And it, it's hitting a very popular, uh, populous area as well, uh, going through right there around Naples, uh, Clearwater, and um, uh, all the different Fort Myers, those type of areas. But just your experience in, in a hurricane. Well, you know, it's crazy because I just came back from Pensacola, and Jamie, we was talking about this yesterday, um, you know, to go board up some of my, uh, one of my businesses down there and to make sure that, you know, you know, my family was, you know, okay down there, and I'm trying to invite them up. But, you know, you know, you got older folks, you know, they're so prideful. Um, but, man, you know, growing up, man, I, I went through Hurricane Ivan. You know, we, we got some Hurricane Katrina. Um, uh, we got a few hurricanes when I was growing up, man. But Hurricane Ivan, man, well, I think we didn't have power for like 30 days or something like that. Um, I mean, we didn't have any school. I mean, we was on was it, MREs. Uh, we was eating um, MREs and stuff like that. Like, it wasn't no water out there. It was tough, man, but growing up as a Meals kid. Meals ready to eat, yeah, military. Yeah. yeah, but growing up as a kid, like, going through that first process with uh, Hurricane Ivan, like, like, I really found out, you know, how it was, like, with school. Like, man, we would kind of be ready for hurricane season because so we wouldn't have to go to school <laughs> as a kid. <laughs> That's the way a kid would look at it. I get that. Yeah, man. But, man, I remember being in that hurricane, and, like, we stayed in some townhouses. And, like, you know, townhouses kind of, like, back in Florida, they're kind of built with cement and stuff like that and walls and stuff. Like, you can feel the whole building and walls are tearing down. Like, they, man, they was tearing. Like, that, that hurricane came through there and tore down everything. I mean, it's still, like, now, I mean, we stayed in trailers, um, the, the, her, the FEMA trailers, for, like, maybe two years. I mean, and it's still people that haven't really you know, um, bounce back from that yet. All right, uh, more yeah, of the Trent Richardson. Yeah, uh, scary stuff. 
Yeah, more with Richardson, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. You're listening to Jay Barker Show. We're live from ABX. Audio video excellence continues. We'll wrap up hour number one. Coming up next. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. At Easy Cater, food for work is our thing. Maybe that's why we get orders from 93% of Fortune 500 companies. So what's up with the other 7%? Food is late again. We stay dry tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 76. The high Friday at 79 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, Jay Barker Show. We got Trent Richardson in studio, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter. I'm Jay Barker as we continue on this Wednesday edition. And um, I was thinking back, you know, Matt, uh, t- two things about this weekend with a hurricane coming through and also with Arkansas. Um, Two big events happened. I think it was before the season. But I think it was 91 or early 92 is when Miami got hit really hard by, I forget what the hurricane was at that time. I think it was but Andrew. I, it was Andrew. That's right. And I remember the storylines behind that and the guys going down and even Prince Wembley had to leave for a period of time to go down and spend time with his family, get things in order, all that type of stuff. And um, he, he came back to Miami after the hurricane had hit. He said, man, you, you can't even – people can't find their way around. There's no street signs. There's no recognizable landmarks, uh, things of, of that nature where – I mean, he just said it was just devastated, unbelievable just how much damage had been done, especially in a lot of the poor neighborhoods there in, in the Miami uh, uh, area. But the other thing was 92 is when Clinton showed up at our game. I don't know if you remember that. They escorted him in, into the 50-yard line. And I'll never forget all the Secret yeah. Service and just all the fanfare around that. And then he tried to come talk to our locker room afterwards because Stallings wouldn't let him. Because <laughs> he was such He's a big Bush guy was, from Texas. Wasn't, uh, when y'all went to visit the White House, <laughs> tell that story. Yeah, he was late. Clinton was. And uh, about President Clinton was probably 15 or 20 minutes running behind. And the Secret Service kept telling, and, or I guess whoever it was, the administration was saying, look, you know, he's just running behind. He's got a meeting. And Coach Thomas said, well, we were supposed to do this 20 minutes ago. Tell him he's got five minutes and we're getting on the plane and going home. And I, we all just kind of looked at each other like, you just told the president. He's in there. It's like solving world issues. <laughs> Apparently, Clinton was perpetually late, always running behind schedule. He was. He's a bit yeah. of a talker. Bit of he a has talker. The, the reddest um, nose I've ever seen on anybody. <laughs> Um, no comment. And, and <laughs> speaking of the uh, uh, of the hurricane, you know, Coach Saban and Dabo Sweeney have houses on Gasparilla Island, which is a barrier island uh, in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, just on the southwest coast of Florida. It's a really small place, about seven miles long, one mile mm-hmm. wide. Uh, no traffic lights. Buildings can't be taller than three stories. Uh, Wall Street Journal once said it was the best, uh, uh, one of the ten best places in the country to own a second home. And I fear that that island has just gotten wiped off the map, uh, or is about to. And uh, that mm. was in the, the the sort of the A zone to evacuate mandatory evacuation. And 
you know, it, in both, uh, I, I think uh, Dabo and Coach Saban uh, aren't the only coaches that have places there, but uh, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a, Matt, this is a scary, yeah. scary hurricane. And They're talking, uh, what, 70 you know, to $90 billion in damages? Well, the the big problem is, and I know you guys are keeping up with this, and, and Trent particularly knows is the surges. And the yeah. surges have been estimated, and they're now there in the, the Fort Myers area, to be anywhere from 7 to 9 feet tall. A 7 mm. to 9 foot tall surge is probably just going to go right over that island. Yes. It's a mile yeah. wide. Yeah. So it's just going to go go right over it. And that's why, and, and, it, and it's hard to understand why people don't evacuate, although unfortunately some people just can't. They yeah. can't afford yeah. to. They've yeah. got no place to go. Uh, that wouldn't be the case with these islands. But, yeah, the eye of that hurricane, of Ian, right now, is right over Nick Saban's island. Well, Matt, that's not you, what it's you, called, but you get my joke. Matt, do you remember when Roxanne went interviewed Clinton that time he came to Birmingham, President Clinton? Yes. And she was such a huge yeah. conservative. And she was, I can't wait to get there. I can't wait to interview him. I'm going to ask him some tough questions, all this stuff. And she was so no. fired. She came back smitten. She's like, I'm in love. She wooed. She got. <laughs> I mean, it was wooed. unbelievable. He had, it he was had almost embarrassing because she's a pretty good journalist. Yeah, but she was like, because I've never felt that kind of presence. I've never been around anybody. She was. I, I mean, I just fell in love immediately, and I'm like, Roxanne, wake up. <laughs> she did, it but so it was funny. about a week later. Roxanne, yeah. Roxanne, I want to be your man. <laughs> All right, we'll, t- we'll go to the top of the hour here. Hour number one finished up in the books here on this Wednesday edition. Stay with us. Hour number two coming up next, and uh, Brandon Marcel is going to join us at one fifteen, talking to Auburn Tigers. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa and they came over. And, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community but, more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi. 
Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today if you want a great lunch or a great dinner, and you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. 
Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. All right, welcome in. Hour number two, Wednesday edition. Jay Barker show. We got Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Trent Richardson, and uh, I'm Jay Barker. As we continue, uh, we got Brandon Marcella coming up here in about ten minutes. Look forward to visiting with him about the Auburn Tigers. A lot of talk about Coach Harson and uh, this Tiger team, and a big win for them, and uh, getting uh, really a lucky break there at the end and overtime against Missouri, but still got the win. Three and one, one and zero in SEC play, and I think for them, um, you know, the Penn State loss was detrimental for him and the fans just did not like it and a lot of conversation around that we'll get brandon's take on that coming up uh, at the 115 here uh in the hour number two we're presented by top golf of birmingham get out to top golf we call it the bowling of this generation and it's a ton of fun for you with your family your kids your friends your co-workers a great place to do charity events as well they do corporate outings parties like birthday parties bachelorette parties bachelor parties any kind of party you want to have they got it going on there at Top Golf of Birmingham. Great food, great drinks, and just a ton of fun playing golf at Top Golf of Birmingham. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Guys, I wanted to get into hey, real Jay, quick. Jay, let, hang on. I want to I want to interrupt you real quick because I want to say something about Top Golf. Okay. My son and three of his buddies entered this tournament thing that they do every week, every Monday night. They go out, and there are like 19 other teams in the other suites. And they play this, uh, I think it's an eight, nine-week-long tournament deal. And he comes back every Monday night and tells me how much fun they had. So I don't know if you guys, were you guys aware they were doing that? It's like having a softball league or a kickball league or something Or a like bowling that. league. No, nah, I wasn't. Yeah. Or a bowling league. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there you go. So, and I'm, I apologize for interrupting, but I've been meaning to tell you all that for a couple of weeks. You know, I'd heard about that, and uh, but I had not heard anybody that was participating in it to kind of hear what they thought. Did he say it's a lot of fun, and how are they doing? Well, uh, he said they absolutely stunk the first time, and he said <laughs> – It must said, have been on my team. <laughs> yeah. He said, but, but you, you, you have to hit a certain amount of drives here and then a certain amount of short irons, a certain amount of long irons, a certain amount of wedges. But he said um, the – Earlier this week, he said they were like second out of 20. So I guess they're getting wow. the hang of it. But maybe we should get a team. That'd be fun. Listen. <clears throat> well, we, we need to get more with some of the guys. Who, this who, time we're going to be a team. <laughs> Look, Jay, Jay, tell them. My thing at Top Golf, we're about this time of the year. And Lars know this. This is my sleeping time. It's hanging out hang time. Yeah. Listen, that weather, that with that wind and that fan, man, that thing had me laid out last time. I figured you'd be threatening the back fence. Nah, that ball threatened me, man. That ball moves every time I try to swing at it. So We looked over, he was oh, out. He ball. just had a nice hamburger and fries and uh yeah. the fan the fan was going, the breeze was 
happening right about this time last year. And uh, we looked over it. I think it was about 45 minutes later before he ever came back to life. Trent, I wanted to ask you. Yep. Sorry. Go ahead, Jay. Just, just real quick, I want to get into this, the CFP. They had a meeting uh, yesterday and uh, a LinkedIn person meeting on Tuesday. College Playoff Management Committee will uh, still they said needs more time to determine if the playoff can expand to 12 teams as soon as 2024. CFP executive Bill Hancock said he said we won't wrap it up this week. He's uh, told reporters, a group of reporters, following a meeting that lasted almost seven hours at the Big Ten's headquarters. He says it's never been done before, obviously. And so anytime you have a new ground to break, it takes a lot of conversation to make sure you're not missing any details. Uh, the FBS commissioners, Notre Dame Athletic Director Jack Schwarbrick, uh, will meet again for two hours today, this morning, and uh, but expect to know more by October 20th meeting in Dallas. Big 12 Commissioner uh, Brett Yormick uh, said that the uh, group will have some uh, video conferences between uh, now and then, uh, October 20th. Uh, Hancock said the commissioners continued Discuss the possibility of moving the entire season to week zero to accommodate an expanded field, but there are still questions about the feasibility of implementing such a sweeping change so quickly. An earlier start would not or would move the uh, conference championship games to Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, I think that most people view that as a future item, uh, a, a long-term item. He said, I don't want to foreclose anything, but that's my answer. Tuesday was the management committee's second in-person meeting this month after the 11 presidents and chancellors who compromised the CFP's board of governors voted unanimously to, on September 2nd to expand the playoff to 12 teams in 2026, if not sooner. Hancock said the commissioners are continuing to discuss revenue shares, ticketing allocation for first-round games. They need to see if the hotels, convention centers, and the host cities can accommodate an expanded field earlier. The CFP already announced Atlanta will host the national championship game in 2025, followed by Miami in 2026. He said the conversation with Atlanta have been healthy, but they have some work to do because of other businesses in the community. Uh, it's harder, uh, Hancock said, of 2024. It will be more difficult because it happens first. They also have to determine by uh, how the New, uh, New Year's Six Bowls will handle the rotation as the four qu- quarterfinal games, two semifinal games, will be played in the bowls. They would have to come into uh, terms on a TV contract for the first-round games. ESPN would retain control through existing bowl playoff deals of the quarterfinal, semifinals, title game until the current contract expires following the 2025 season. But uh, – a lot of uh, eyes to dot and uh, T's to cross, Lars, before they get this thing. They're hoping to get it by 2024, but it, it looks like it's going to be tougher maybe than they thought. Yeah, uh, just the the pure logistics of trying to pull this off by 2024 are going to be challenging. But the the good news is we're headed toward 12-team playoff, right? I mean, that's, uh, that, that is uh, pretty much certain. And uh, they are going to meet again, the the CFP Management Committee. And again, that's comprised of the 10 conference commissioners and uh, Notre Dame's AD. They're going to meet again in Dallas on October 20. And uh, that I think that will be the key meeting because things are going to have to be put in motion if you're going to expand from 4 to 12 in 2024 because that's going to require – rescheduling semifinals, uh, rescheduling championship games that already have dates and sites set. It's going to require uh, adding four first new first-round games in mid-December to be played on campus sites. And then, so they got to do all this in about a month. And then you also have to work around the NFL for the television schedule. Mm. So it, it's, uh, I think it, it can be done, I would hope, Matt, that that they would uh, have more than one person 
working on this full time <laughs> yeah. between now and when they meet again in Denver, because that to me, that's going to be the, the key date because you can't let this linger too long. And I think but I, I think I think the majority of people want a 12 team playoff in 2024. Trent, what motivates people more than anything? I mean, you think about it, right? And I'm sitting here thinking about, okay, it's 12 teams. I mean, what year do you think Alabama would never be in the champ- I mean, be in the playoffs? <laughs> like, Alabama would stay in the playoffs. Like, every – I can't see a playoffs would not dominate now. I mean, right. I mean, because what it was, what, four teams at first or six teams? Was it six or fourteen? Well, they four? actually had a two-team deal that they originally did, yeah. and that was that was not very good. But then mm-hmm. now they're at four, and they get to twelve. Well, I mean, Alabama's been in the top four the whole time they've had this. It's been in existence. So now with twelve, twelve, I think yeah, you, you open up the, poss- you open up the possibility team. of four SEC teams in the playoffs. Uh, that's going to be the scariest thing ever because now, I mean, because I mean, what they get a million dollars each playoff, you know. Each each conference for you know the the playoffs that's in there right yeah and so now I mean you you got four SEC teams I say you got A and M Georgia Alabama and let's say uh, uh, whoever Auburn or Florida you know when they come once Deion Sanders is at at Auburn in a couple <laughs> years exactly I, that's what I wanted to ask so you listen, about but we'll get you, to that on yeah, the other side uh, yeah let's get yeah let's get to that on the other side <laughs> like how do you get those smaller schools on the playoff system. Well, you got to tear it some way between conference championships and then at-large berths. And uh, I, just, I think I the think five I, the five major conferences would all get automatic right, bids, right. and then you would probably have uh, seven at-large bids. Kind of, kind of like you do on a much smaller scale, March Madness, where their second place team in your conference will be here, and then so the first place team for the AAC or something like that. But as I was saying, my point: yeah. money motivates, and if they want to get this done, flash the dollar signs in front of them. Yeah, talking about Auburn, Harson, and Deion Sanders. We'll get Brandon Marcello's take on that. He covered the Auburn Tigers for many years. Now with twenty four seven Sports, currently covering college football for them. And uh, Brandon Marcello coming up on the other side. Stay with us. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Heading to Knoxville with the Tide? Catch the thrills and excitement of Mecham Auctions in downtown Chattanooga, Friday and Saturday, October 14th and 15th, with 600 collector cars and... We stay dry tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 76. The high Friday at 79 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Jay Barker Show, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Trent Richardson. I'm Jay Barker. we got Brandon Marcillo now joining us for 24-7 Sports. He covers college football for them and has been an, uh, covering Auburn football uh, for a long time as well. And uh, always great to hear from Brandon. Brandon, I hope you're doing well. Tell everybody kind of what you're into now and all that's going on in your life. 
Oh, just uh, college football season's cranked up. Uh, finished the one-on-one interview today with uh, Arkansas coach Sam Pittman in Fayetteville and uh, producing some uh, some other content about the uh, early process of firing coaches now. It seems to be getting earlier and earlier every year. We've got three Power 5 coaches on the chopping block already in September. And an AD, crazy. Um, and, and everybody's talking about Deion Sanders, Brandon, already out there saying – Joel Platt uh, made the comment uh, earlier this week. Uh, Deion Sanders will be your next head coach at Auburn. Harson's three and one. I mean, one and zero in SEC play. I know the Penn State game looked bad. I know they haven't looked good offensively, especially this year. But I mean, is it just too soon? And what do you? I mean, do you actually believe Auburn would make a change if he was to lose this weekend? There was a lot of rumors coming out that uh, that he was done last weekend if he lost to Missouri. Yeah, I think if he had lost to Mizzou, there's a very, very real chance that they would have let him go last week. But, you know, at this point, it just it's the, it depends on if the fire gets way too out of control. You know, and with the schedule ahead, something like that would be, you know, losing to Georgia 70-3 to or 70 to nothing, where it's just absolutely beyond repair. Um, he's got to go on kind of a magical run here. He's got to win like nine games. I think at this point to, to, to keep his job. Is that fair or not? Uh, that's not for me to judge, but based off the people I talk to and just the general feel down there, uh, it's, it's almost to the point of no return. Brandon, uh, Harson has been under fire for so long. It's almost like we've forgotten how he got to this place. If you drill down to the core, what is the issue with Harson? and the Auburn power brokers? He just never fit. He doesn't um, quite fit in with their their attitudes, their way of doing things. Um, he hasn't uh, really warmed up to them. Um, it doesn't seem that his plan, at least that's been communicated to the boosters and other people there through direct contact or intermediaries, has been very clear. Um, he talks about plans and all that and nothing really has come to fruition uh secondly the recruiting the recruiting has just been atrocious since he's been there and consider that he was hired by an ad who was given full control to make that decision and he went and got brian harson uh that ad alan green himself saw the writing on the wall uh, about his own future and got out while he could and now you're you're kind of your last line of defense against everybody that's wondering about you, uh, is gone. And that's Alan Green. And now Brian Harson's sitting there uh, in a spot where uh, he doesn't really have any allies. In fact, I, I'd, I'd go as far to say he has zero allies right now on the planes. Brandon, how you doing, man? It's Trent Richardson. And so my, my question is going to be, you know, and I'm going to play, you know, both sides. And, and you know, I know they're saying that, you know, he's he just haven't fit in down there. You know, the Auburn coach haven't fit in down there. And, 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 you know, he's not like those guys down there. But ain't that's kind of what they wanted. You know, something that they, you know, <laughs> something that was, you know, not the norm. I mean, I mean, when last time Auburn won a championship or even, you know, been in that race to be like, oh, well, that's going to be the team to beat this year or this team is going to be really good. I mean, I don't think he's had enough time to even, you know, get his feet wet yet. I mean, was it been a year? And, you know, they already trying to write the man off. And I, I just don't think it's been a fair, you know, chance for him. I mean, but, you know, when you get into them, you know, to them big schools like that, I mean, like even with Prime coming, you know, they, you know, everybody's talking about Prime. Everybody's talking about Dion. With his way of recruiting, which, which his way of coaching, 
would be the tradition for Auburn football. I mean, with, with the with the with the way the Auburn football go, like would that even be uh, a, a choice? You know, for Auburn, you know, guys, you know, because you know, Prime is different. He's going to be himself, and if you're not going to let Prime be Prime, then he's he's not going to be able to do it. Great point. Well, the first off, yeah, I, I don't think the Auburn faithful would let Prime be Prime. So I I, I, don't, I wouldn't think Prime would even <laughs> get show serious interest in that job once he got feet on the ground and actually was talking to them about the job. At least that's my feeling that I, I get if he was in being around Auburn for all those years. Secondly, I, no, I mean, you are right. The, you know, Brian Harsin has not received a fair shot uh, to prove himself at Auburn. And having said that, he also hasn't done himself any favors by completely, almost completely shutting out all the power brokers and people there who are accustomed to having pretty close contact to, to that program. And, and that's hurt. I also think that there's a little bit of a power void there, a little bit of a voice of reason and that connection, uh, missing, um, since the, since the loss of, of Pat Dye. Um, he was in that building every day and was able to, I communicate with the staff, sit down with players, and he, of course, would go around and share what he had learned to uh, the power people and others in Auburn, and, you know, he's gone. They don't have that anymore. They don't have that type of figurehead who has been there for years, understands what it's like to, one, be at Auburn and, and be in that power structure, but secondly, knows what it's like to obviously be a head coach in the SEC, and they just don't have that there in that community. So I think that's kind of that's been lost too. They've lost. He's lost this this um, this kind of conduit with the community that all other coaches before him had, and he just doesn't. So, yeah, it, it's it's not fair, and and I think it became pretty clear that this was never going to be fair when the investigation was launched by the university, looking into all kinds of things and, and all these accusations, and then they don't find enough to end up firing him uh, for cause. It's. Uh, it's been a very weird situation, and obviously, it just didn't get much better with uh, Alan Green leaving uh, the one, the man who who hired him. And and secondly, you got to win games. And and right now, I know his record says three and one, but it hasn't been impressive. They've scored eighteen combined points in the second half of the last six games against FBS opponents. They keep losing, um, and they this arguably was the worst, you know, win in Auburn history, which is crazy to say. But <laughs> you look at Mizzou and where they're at, it's just, man, Mizzou had two, three different ways to be able to win it, and they somehow lost it. And uh, I, I think you know, Auburn fans, I think a lot of them were probably secretly sitting there wishing they had lost. Brandon Marcella from AL.com is our guest here on the Jay Barker Show and Network. That's Unfortunately, not Brandon, this – this is not new. What now? I, I thought I heard you, something. You, I don't work uh, for AL.com. My, my bad. <laughs> yeah. Get them right. Get them right. Get them together. I, I was looking it up, trying to get it right. And I'm sorry. 24-7. And you just told everybody. And, okay, 24-7. My bad. Okay. Uh, I, I, huge penalty flags. Two fifteens on me. This is not <laughs> new. Um, it's It's been going on for more than 20 years. You can go back to Doug Barfield. Auburn continuously shoots themselves in the foot. Mm. Um, and these are not, these are smart, wealthy people. Uh, how do they continue to let this happen? Well, I mean, 
in a lot of ways, you could say Auburn's been incredibly successful in spite of itself. Um, the fact that they've been able to win a national championship and play for another national championship all within these last 12 years and during a stretch where Alabama has put together the craziest and most successful stretch arguably in college football history, especially considering how much college football has changed over the last 20 years. What they're, what Alabama is doing is remarkable and will never be matched again. And yet Auburn, in the shadow of that, has been able to rise up and be able to win a couple of SEC titles and go to the BCS National Championship and then, of course, go to the National Championship once more. Um, so I think that they're busy trying to find a way to get back to championship contention which and and to do so consistently but the issue is is that that's just not really a uh, you know realistic goal to have every year when you're at auburn or for that matter when you're at tennessee or most programs in the sec outside of alabama um it's very difficult just look at lsu i mean goodness gracious they fired ed orgeron you know, right after winning the national championship, just like they did with Gene Chizik at Auburn. And you get kind of these unrealistic expectations because you get a taste of success. Meanwhile, your rival across the state has that success practically every single season. And you want to get to that point. So what do you do? You make maybe some rash decisions and quick decisions. And sometimes those decisions can bury you deeper in a hole. I mean, goodness gracious, look at what's happened at Tennessee over the last decade, decade plus, since Bill Fulmer, and now they finally seem to be getting their footing with Josh Heupel. Um, and, and, I, and I'm afraid to say, and I've got a lot of friends in Auburn, but Auburn's teetering on that edge right now where if you make some quick, rash decisions and then you hire someone, say you get rid of Brian Arson, you hire someone that doesn't work out for the next year or two, you're going to be in that spot where you're in the darkness looking for a way out, feeling yourself around the room, not knowing where exactly you are, and then all of a sudden you turn around t- it's 10 years later and you realize, oh, we've had two winning seasons the last 10 years. You know, you're, you're where Tennessee had been, you know, over this last decade. You do not want to be in that spot, and that's where you need really sound and guided leadership to take, to take this thing on. And right now, Auburn doesn't really have that. They have a president in place, obviously, who knows the place, but they don't have an AD in place. They don't have someone to be like, this is what I see Auburn being five or ten years from now. They don't have that right now. And so you've got all these boosters, all these people with money, with different opinions on the entire situation, kind of trying to figure out how to, to go about this. And a lot of those, those, those men and women want – Brian Harson gone because those are the same people who were trying to get him out back in December and January. Brandon Marcel, 24-7 Sports, joining us here on the Jay Barker Show. Staying with that line of thought, where would you put Auburn right now as far as are, are they still an upper-level team, mid-level, below-mid-level, or kind of in, in between that? I mean, just kind of where would you rank them? Because, you know, a lot of coaches looking at jobs, and especially one where there has been a lot of things and dissension behind the scenes – if you're an agent of them, it's kind of like, okay, do we really want to make that the jump to that that situation because it's been so dysfunctional? Uh, kind of address those two situations. Yeah, it's a crazy uh, thing to kind of ponder. I mean, opportunity-wise, it's a top 25 gig. You could go there because of their history and potentially win championships. You can contend for championships once every three or four years. 
you could contend for an SEC title if things break the right way. Um, but because of the background noise that goes on there and everything, it, it makes it almost a job that is bipolar in a lot of ways. One day it's, I feel like we could win a championship. The next day is, how do I even, you know, start this engine? It, we're frozen out here. I can't even start my engine because so many people are trying to hold me back and trying to tell me what to do. It's it's an interesting situation, and that's why I think it's so important that Auburn gets an AD in place, number one, first, before they make any type of decision with Brian Harson, and they get a clear plan of what the future looks like with or without Brian Harson And whoever the coach is next year, they give them an opportunity to build the program their way for the next several years, if not longer, so they can see if they can get some consistency going. Because you keep changing coaches, it's not going to do anything good for you. So, mm. listen, there's just uh, there's a giant power void there. I think there's a lot of disconnect among boosters as well and people who are in power there. And, um, listen, um, I think there's really good and smart people involved in all this. I just think that some have lost their way. But, secondly, I think, I think there's a, just a lot of fighting for power right now, and that leads to sometimes some very weird decisions and infighting among the, the Omerick fan base. And, and Brandon, I think you said a, a key topic when, when you said that. You said, you know, they got to get a coach in there to do his own thing and do it to his way. I mean, you think about, you know, the two, maybe the two biggest success, you know, stories um, when it comes to building a dynasty in the last few years. You think about what Nick Saban has done and what Jimbo has done. I mean, not Jimbo. Uh, think about what Dabo has done over there. When Dabo first got to Clemson, I mean, you can see him slamming the boards down. You can see, you know, guys, you know, walking off the field. He had to make those guys, like, in the middle of the game. Like, they'll go, they had to buy into it, and they had to let Dabo be Dabo. Like, they had to let Nick be Nick. Like, I mean, that first year, they went, what, 6-7, seven, 76? Lost to Louisiana Monroe? And so they got to realize, like, hey, like if we're gonna believe in this man, we're gonna we gotta we as a as a staff, as a school, as a community, like we gotta get this guy a fair shot because if not, it's gonna be the same stuff happen year after year, and 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 it's not fair to the to the players that you're recruiting. It's not fair uh, fair to the players that's on the field that thinking that's gonna be their coach, you know, for the next three to four years. Because I mean, everybody don't want to hop in the transfer portal. And, and, and so, like, they got to buy into the system. I mean, it, to get that guy a fair shot. And I'm, you know, and, and I know we rag a lot on, you know, Arvin guys, and, you know, but I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna always be the fair man in, in, in the fight because at the end of the day, you know, I know everybody's, you know, built success off wins, but at the same time, like, is this man changing these kids' lives, like, on and off the field? Like, that's the biggest win in, you know, in the world for me. Yeah, I mean, but you got to win. I mean, you're not going to stay employed going, you know, 1-11, and you're the greatest personable coach there is, but you're going 1-11. And the thing is also, you mentioned Nick Saban. When he got to Alabama, recruiting immediately took off. Uh, at Auburn, under Brian Harson, recruiting is immediately torpedoed into the earth. Their, their, their recruiting has just been atrocious since he's been there. Um, why is that? No one can quite explain it. Is it Harson? Is there something else going on? Um, and it's a very sensitive topic there inside the building at Auburn. So there's more than just the win and losses too that's going that's gone wrong there at Auburn. The recruiting has just been terrible. And then you try to extrapolate that here the next few years moving forward. That's when people start 
raising even more concerns. Because if it's bad right now, what's this thing going to look like when we're bringing in the 40th best recruiting class when we're accustomed to bringing in the, the 15th or 10th best recruiting class? Brandon, always great stuff. Thanks for joining us today. And, uh, man, have a great week. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Brandon Marcello thanks, joining Brandon. us you, from 24-7 Sports. He, college, he covers college football for them and been covering Auburn football for a long, long time. Great perspective. No, he's with AL.com. <laughs> he was. Don't he was. Now. Yeah. <laughs> he was. All right. Uh, well, let's take a break. We'll come back. And uh, Trent's got something for us on the other side of the project he's got involved in. And uh, we'll hear from that and much more. It's going to break down Alabama and uh, the Arkansas Razorbacks at Arkansas 2.30 on CBS. We'll be back. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds. 
built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to SiebelsCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at SiebelsCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Seven Sports joining us talking about the Auburn Tigers. Also earlier, we had on Roger Hoover. He's with us every Wednesday at twelve fifteen to talk about the Crimson Tide and uh, what he does with them with CTSN. But uh, we wanted to get back uh, there at the studio with uh, Trent. Trent's got a new project uh, he's got coming up. Trent, tell us about it and uh, when, when, and where can people hear you, see you, and uh, I know you're excited about this. Yeah, man, we're working on a new uh, show, man. It's gonna be a podcast slash radio show and you know it, it's called the ropes with tr3 and we're going to have a different host on there every day on co-host on there every day and right now right now we're shooting for reggie regular to be the first one um but man we're going to be able to come in you know and just explain you know uh life beyond you know football and you know we're going to definitely talk about sports but you know much more than you know just sports because like a lot of people don't realize like hey it's much more than just, you know, to it than, you know, running plays. And so the ropes for me, man, is, you know, growing up, you know, going through the whole process and people seeing like, you know, um, you know, I, I didn't always, you know, just play football. And, and I mean, I really didn't get to play, you know, real football for high school until my junior year. And, you know, people don't, a lot of people don't really know that story. Like I couldn't walk for two years in a row and I had screws in both my ankles. So, you know, that, that whole process of, you know, going through that, you know, and then having a child early on in life, you know, that that was a, you know, tough process. And so, you know, when you when you go through stuff, man, you know, people need to hear your story. Like, people need to, you know, see the bigger picture. I mean, but, man, you know, it's going to be, you know, a crazy fun show. We're going to have a lot of locker room talk. Jay, Lars, Matt, we, we're all going to be on there. We're going to have fun. And, we're, you know, we're going to interview everybody. And, you know, we're just going to, you know, you're going to be able to kick back and, you know, and, and to see, like, over our life accomplishments and, and, and over the good and the bad and the ugly. That you know we 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 done made it through, and, and you know, and we still got a lot of story to be told. I know Jay, you know you you fifty eight now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, have July boy. Yeah, here. he got that walk. <laughs> Wait a minute, July boy. Isn't that funny? Me and Trent and Antonio all July birthdays. That's crazy. That is crazy. You know, man, we you know we had so much fun, man. We're gonna get Antonio on there too, and. You know, uh, especially when he ain't at the golf tournaments on them fireballs. But, you know, we're going to be able to have fun and, and, and kick back, man. <laughs> he wouldn't come near the mic the other day. 
Like Antonio yeah, Gordon. I was trying to keep him away from the mic. <laughs> yeah, I found that out a little while ago. I was probably supposed to try my best to stiff arm him down in the lobby, but But the craziest thing, he wasn't near the mic, but everybody still heard him over. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and those are red hots actually. Was, was, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, yeah, man, this is Well, new congratulations. Fun, that is awesome, man, Trent. Man. I know you're excited about it, and, and it's gonna Jay, be a great show. I love to uh, yeah, man, and, and you know, for me, Jay, I want to thank you, man, because you introduced me into this game, you and Lars, and man, it's been fun, and you know, I want everybody to know, I'm still going to do this show every day, <laughs> this, this is home base for me, man, but man, I, I definitely want to appreciate y'all, man, for from from teaching me and showing me, you know, how to get out there on my own, man, and that's what it's all about, man, you know, that'd be sci-fi go, you know, forever, but um, that fam, man, that family life that we have, you know, that supporting cast y'all have had with me, it's been beautiful, man. And, I mean, y'all, you know, help me, my kids out, my family. And, you know, I can't, you know, thank y'all enough and repay y'all enough, man. So, you know, um, for me, man, it's it's a compliment for me. But for y'all, you know, I want y'all to look at this like, hey, you know, this is something that, you know, I know y'all groomed me to do. So, man, I, I, I appreciate every bit of, you know, all the work and, and the success that we have had together. Trent, it's been it's been so wonderful because um, I mean you remember I covered you yeah. when you were at Alabama and we actually got to be somewhat close yeah. uh, as a reporter player and there is a, a, a commemorative issue out there that you're on the cover of and I think my byline is right under your picture, yeah. um, but you, you know one subject that I don't think reporters really touched too much when you were at Alabama and that was you having. Uh, child, right at, at a young I, I age, had two kids, two kids. Yeah. Um, what was the biggest challenge of that? Of of playing, of focusing, going to class, studying, getting good grades, and then football, which is a full time job at Alabama. Well, for me, it, it was more of a, and because I watched my mom growing up, right, and she she had three kids of her own, but she raised eleven, and so watching her be there, and and you know. Doing the stuff that she did, I mean, my, my mom wasn't perfect, you know, but she made, you know, Christmases, Thanksgivings, all that, you know, happen for everybody in the house. And so watching her be there and to be a single mom, um, it, it was it was my, I was demand, you know, for me, for my lifestyle to be, you know, there for my kids, you know, no matter what goes on. And so, and I would talk to Nick about this all the time. And, and, and like I would tell Nick, like, I'm not there. You know, and you know, they wasn't too far, but I felt like I wasn't, you know, in their life as much as I wanted to because I was playing ball and I was always busy. And so, you know, being in school, that was the hardest thing for me, like not being in the house with them all the time. Yeah. Like I felt like I missed a lot of moments. Like even playing ball, like and and you know, everybody loved to ask me, like, Man, you gonna go back and play and that's one of the biggest reasons I really didn't go back and play because my kids come first and no, being a single parent. And you don't just say that. I mean, I've seen you. Yeah, you like, you live that. Man, every day. Like, I, you know, people ask me, man, you want to go out and do something? Man, I'm an Uber dad. Like, I, you know, <laughs> if it ain't about business or these kids, like, I'm in the house, like, with my kids all the time. And, you know, I'm if not, I'm doing sports on the weekend, weekdays, you know, with my girls doing basketball and stuff like that. And traveling around, you know, with my boys doing national sports and stuff like that, too. So, like, I'm always in the community trying to do something with them and trying to teach them, like, hey, like, nothing to you is going to be given to you. Like, you got to put in work. So I try to show them. And so, like, when, when I was in college, like, like me learning those lessons that I took from Nick and, and Coach Burns, like, man, I use those in my everyday life. So, like, 
And I look back at it, it's like, man, I can never repay those guys for the stuff they taught me. Like, and it'd be the simplest stuff, like, man, like, just even, like, my biggest thing, I don't want to send my kids off to school. And I got, my, my girls will be in college in, in two years, two or three years. Wow. Yeah, like, my crazy. Yeah, like, Talia and Vera would be, you know, they're 16 or 14 now, ninth and 10th grade. So in two or three years, they would be in college, going to the University of Alabama. But um, <laughs> my biggest some, thing. I need some babysitters, so uh, <laughs> send them over yeah, to my you house. Know they got it. <laughs> My biggest thing, I don't want the and I, and I harp on this about them a lot, you know, don't have a dirty house. Don't have a, you know, and be respectful. Like, I don't want them to have a dirty room with dirty kitchen, you know, and, and you know, to, to be, you know, respectful to people, treat people like how you want to be treated, you know, whether y'all friends or not, you know, learning how to, you know, work with each other, even if y'all don't like each other, like, teaching them different stuff like that is big for me. And so, you know, and then, you know, when you get older, as I'm getting older, you're, like, teaching my boys, like, know how to be you know coach you know how to take in different stuff other than just football like tj read over half a million words last year at the halfway point mm. i mean he was in the third grade you know and now he's fourth grade he's reading harry potter books and stuff like that too that's something i never did wow. now if i was picking up a book it was a magazine espn sports Illustrated, <laughs> east bay i mean that's stuff that i want to show you know and, and teach them because i mean everybody need that piece like like my son actually read for peace like I remember last year, Jay, and I think we was talking about this. His coach was talking to him after practice. He was giving him a compliment, but TJ was reading a book. The first thing he got, you know, first thing he did, we got a car, he was reading a book. And, you know, he was talking to TJ, he was giving him a compliment, and TJ just looked at him like, hey, I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> it's stuff awesome. like that, man. Yeah. It just make you smile. <laughs> My sister is a teacher at Payne Elementary School, third grade teacher. She's been there for years, and she tried so hard to get TJ in her class. All the teachers were fighting over him. And one thing I tell you, every time I talk to her or talk to anybody that's taught uh, or been around his kids, I mean, the first thing comes out of their mouth, class acts, great with their friends, just great young people. And uh, that's a testament to you, Trent. Uh, nothing but compliments and just how great your kids are. So I know you want to be great athletes, but you've done a heck of a job making them great people. All right, so we'll continue on the other side. We'll wrap up hour number two. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Each week, D.C. and Matt Poulter will go deep behind enemy lines on Saturdays during the Tide Tailgate Show on 95.3 The Bear. We stay dry tomorrow and Friday. The sky's sunny both days. The high tomorrow is 76. The high Friday at 79 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. As we wrap up hour number two here on this Wednesday edition, and uh, Trent, Lars, Matt Coulter. Matt, real quick before we uh, get to the top of the hour as well, tell everybody about the Tide Tailgate Show, what you guys got going on every weekend uh, leading up to these Alabama matchups. When uh, Alabama's at home, we are at 1225 Sports Bar. Your buddy Jay, he really hosts a big-time party and a pregame there. We air, we started five minutes, five minutes. We started five hours before kickoff. It's uh, Christian Miller. Uh, DC from the uh, 
Steve Shannon and DC show, and it's a whole lot of fun. This week we'll be in studio, but thanks for letting me plug it. That is on Tide 100.9 and also the Bear 95.3. Good stuff. Mark, what you got going on? Well, uh, I have... uh, this, I have kid duty. <laughs> I have but you, you got a new book duty. about to come uh, out, don't you? Or at least start? Laura's got a new book every year. Yeah, uh, I'm not supposed to talk about it. I, 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 I it's just between us. The trigger too, too fast. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, thousands of others the, right the, now. The, the person that uh, I'm writing it with, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna have a big rollout here pretty soon. But um, yeah, no, that's exciting. And, and and Trent, I wanted to circle back to Dion Sanders. Do you think Neon Dion could be? the head coach at Auburn Uh, I I don't know if that fits his character and and I say that because I don't think they will let Dion have full control of what he's trying to do with those kids and he's not just making them great football players he's making them kid like the the, the businessmen and the respectful guys that they need to be when they grow up because they got to know football doesn't last forever and and I'm not saying that you know Auburn's not that program but the tradition that they have I don't know if Prime they they will let Prime you know come in and, and be Prime, you know he, he he you know at the end of the day he's going to be the big headliner of the school, and you know of that program. I mean he's just he's shown that he can recruit oh, yeah, already, he, he can definitely and recruit. Uh, he's he's winning games. He's uh, just uh, doing a good job of of managing games from the mm-hmm. sideline, you know, uh, making good calls and. I don't know. I, I think he's going to get a big time opportunity if he wants it after this season. Yeah, and I think the place for him would be, I mean, his alma mater, Florida State, would be the place for. That's him. what I was saying. That he may be waiting for that job to come open. Yeah, right now they're four and zero. They're not playing that bad. Oh yeah, they're playing real good. Hey Jay Barker, as we wrap up, who is the last coach Auburn actually gave the car keys to? Pat Dye. Mm. Yep, and look what he did. Because Terry was run out, um, and I know he had some issues there as well, but still had a lot of success. I was really surprised when they let him go. Uh, I thought Gene Chizik and Malzahn, that combination was unbelievable. And and where did Pat Dye come from, Jay? Georgia and Alabama. Roll Tide. (laughs) (laughs) What a fitting way to wrap up a beautiful show. That's right. All right, guys. Thanks, Trent. And uh, we'll continue to promote... Uh, your new podcast coming out, and uh, when that will be uh, the first episode and all that, will be a lot of fun. And then uh, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, I'm Jay Barker. Thanks to all of our guys that uh, make it work and happen every day of the week. And that's the guys down at Tide 100.9 FM, Joe Gaither and all his producers, Hardy and all those guys, and Jonathan as well. Josh Smith, our producer of all things there at Crawford Broadcasting. Thanks to those guys for all they do. Thank you for listening on this Wednesday edition. We'll be back tomorrow on Thursday for the Jay Barker Show live from AVX. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. 